Hi. Hi. <laughs> I only said on three. Three, two, one. one. Like, you counted down, my dude. Okay. Wow, this mic's really sensitive. Do I do a clap? Yeah, clap, please. Ready? Three. Slap your face. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Anything and Everything podcast. I'm joined by my special friends, Stephen and... Fuck! Why? This is what you did last time. You don't know it's so, it's so awkward to like introduce people because it is. I didn't even say who I was. <laughs> yeah, I think I think what we decided was the best. <laughs> special friends are so good. You can't say special friends. Why can't I say special friends? These are my special friends. Uh, <laughs> These guys are so special. <laughs> special friends. <laughs> special friends. <laughs> special. <laughs> <laughs> we need to do. Wait, I wait, hope you. What was the one we did last week? It was like, um, it was, it was like, hi, welcome into the newest episode, of everything and everything, anything and everything podcast. Um, I'm Tom. I'm Sabrina. I'm Stephen. And today, we're gonna blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Okay. That works. All right. I'll I'll click this in. Oh, fuck. Do I ready? Ready? I'll hit my side. Ready? There we go. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Anything and Everything podcast. My name is Tom. I'm Sabrina. And I'm Stephen. And today we've got a lot of different topics to talk about. There's been a lot of news in the last mm-hmm. week or so, um, specifically something that we're all really heartbroken about, which is Spider-Man. I straight up almost cried. I'm, I'm, <clears throat> you all know I love Spider-Man, um, and I especially love Tom Holland as Spider-Man. Of course. Um <laughs> I just, there are no words for what I'm feeling. <laughs> yeah, so I think, like, the best way to, like, unpack kind of what we're all feeling, because there's so much, is to kind of, like, revisit what actually happened, right? So well, Yes, thank you. So, Mine, so essentially... You, 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 you tell us, Stephen. You tell the story. Okay. <laughs> Our official, official news person. <laughs> just I'm take, take guy, it away. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, okay, so to put it in, in layman's terms... Do we need a news jingle before you... So basically, guys, to put it in layman's terms, what's been happening is that Sony still owns Spider-Man. So back about 20, 30, about about 20 years ago, I think it was, Disney... Yonks ago. Yeah. Yeah. Disney didn't own Spider-Man. Disney didn't own any of Marvel. It was all independently owned. And then um, they sold out to Sony. um, And essentially, Disney's been picking up products from Marvel ever since. But Spider-Man's basically been owned by Sony for ages. That's why we got the the Sony Spider-Man movies over the last... Um, 20 years all the different yeah, Spider-Man the, the reboots the, the and yeah. Tobey Maguire and the Andrew Garfield reboots and stuff yeah um, and essentially uh, they wanted Spider-Man in the MCU so Sony made a deal with Disney and with Kevin Feige that essentially Spider-Man would still be owned by, um, by still Sony. be owned by Sony but Disney could use him in their series mm-hmm. essentially but there were certain characters that were then restricted off as well and still owned by parts of Sony and things like yeah, that yeah yeah so, so well specifically so this, like this deal was stuff. only for Spider-Man essentially yeah. and every, yeah. everything else that's been included from the Spider-Man kind of um, universe yeah universe or like kind of uh, lore essentially mm-hmm. um, has also been added in but essentially yeah so the deal was some Disney makes something like 5% of the money and essentially yeah like, the other 95 goes to Sony and essentially they're up for renegotiations mm. and um, and they said 50-50 right yeah I think Disney wanted to pitch 50-50 well that's a sp- supposedly the rumour there's so many yeah. different rumours the blame's kind of tossing back and forth personally I think it's kind of on both 
I would parties, agree, yeah. Because mm. a lot of people like to take the shot at Sony, and to a degree, I think that their mismanagement of Spider-Man has kind of led to where we are now. Yeah. I think that Disney got a little greedy with what they were doing, and I think Certainly. that... Um, I think they've they've just done the fans a disservice overall. Well, to, to jump from 5% straight to 50-50 is a massive jump. For sure. Um, and mm-hmm. I, obviously, I won't pretend to have been in the room when they negotiated because, you know, it would be ridiculous. But um, the my sort of understanding, uh, if the rumours that we've heard are true, is that, you know, <clears throat> Disney got greedy and then Sony got, like, nuclear with their response, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Um, well, it's 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 interesting because that that was the kind of the initial reports, but now, from what people have also said, is that apparently um, it was it was Disney that walked away, and Kevin Feige right. kind of said really? that, yeah, well, um, if you guys aren't willing to do this, um, I don't really have the time to be working on another Spider-Man film, and kind of they thought it was better for both parties to kind of mutually walk see, away. That makes and me so upset. You see, that makes like, less sense for me. I don't sure. know. I, I mean, I'm like, I'm not a business person. It just, it, my brain doesn't work that way. But as a fan, I'm just like so disappointed because of course, like, honestly, I, there's these recent Spider-Man movies, in my opinion, have been the best ones. And I think a lot of people also, you know, agree that is with a wide, that is a widely yeah, popular like it's not, opinion. It's not a hot take right. or anything. And it's just, it's disappointing. Um, that I mean, it's you know, capitalism, you know. Like money is always more important, but it's this just it just pisses me off. Well, I, I don't necessarily know if, if money is the case because if they wanted to make money, I mean, fifty percent of the Spider-Man franchise for Sony. Again, I'm working off these rumors that we've heard. Mm. It's still a you know yeah, a still fair a chunk of, of change. So I think I remember when I first read the things, I was like, well, surely it's Marvel that's or sorry Disney that's bringing most of the money anyway because yes. I mean they have the big the <clears> big <throat> movies. They they are a, in from my knowledge a larger company mm. um yes. so i was just kind of like well like why well i think like I, why should they not get an equal i, th- part I think of it? it's entirely fair to as a business to a business that one facilitates the cinematic universe provides the directors provides the talent yeah operates the entire thing sony just provides the intellectual property yeah, like Marvel should get Marvel should get a fair chunk 5%. of change. But equally, jumping on the hate Sony bandwagon as well, I don't think it's necessarily healthy because no, definitely. Again, we don't have all the facts. Exactly, and we like, probably never will. Yeah, yeah. It, it seems to be one of these kind of stories that you know, there's going to be so many different ports, so many different angles. Both companies are going to want to save face coming out of this. Yeah, yes. and I think that we're probably just always going to be thinking it was a we're, people are going to make up their minds yes. who they blame. And, people yeah. are. At the end of the day, it's the fans who lose, I think. Um, I, I which think is so. It's unfortunate, and I hope yeah. that they can come to some kind of understanding. Yes. Well, I have heard rumors that they are entering renegotiation, um, oh, which would be amazing, but I don't know if that's just wishful thinking. Yeah, or... I mean, it, it, it's so hard to say because the, the yeah. reports were that this was the end of the negotiations, it was over. But yes. it wouldn't surprise me if this was a kind of Disney negotiation tactic to kind of walk away of course. and say well we'll leave you high and dry and then what Spider-Man money are you going to be making mm. at all well I think if you think about the MCU in its current state you've got a situation where two of probably the biggest properties within the MCU are no longer continuing at least for the foreseeable future that being Captain America and Iron Man yep. Yep. for obvious reasons after uh, yep. Endgame mm-hmm. um, and then you've you've sort of got you know you've got Guardians which is probably the bigger b- the biggest franchise mm-hmm. I would say there's, there's a new um, movie coming out for that one soon uh, oh, yeah, I think about a couple years probably think, yeah, yeah. Oh, um, okay. and then you've got things like Doctor Strange and stuff but in terms yes. of like heavy hitters Spider-Man is probably the king of the MCU at the moment I would say Oh, absolutely. Um, or I, was the king I mean, of the MCU. From, from 
from my, your from perspective. From my perspective, yeah. as a huge Spider-Man fan, So yes, I, I would say that yeah. they would be stupid to let this go, and you're probably right. It's a Disney negotiating tactic, and mm. they'll probably be back at the table within a few months offering, the, you know, offering Sony, you know, 20, 80% or something like that, as opposed to 5%, Which, 95%. you know, might have been, yeah, exactly what Which, they yeah, in the first place. Precisely, like, you know, we'll go higher aiming then. for the stars in the attempt to hit the foothills kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, regardless, is that all we've got to say on Spider-Man? Because it's a very depressing topic. Yeah, I mean, I, I, th- I think so. I mean, I suppose the only other thing I would have to add is just that I think that this is this kind of sums up where where superhero films are at the moment. This is kind of the point that I've been trying to say. I think that I just think that it just just <coughs> does the fans a disservice. I think that mm. people that ever that have invested into this, um, maybe I don't know. Maybe this is a sign that. That's times up for Spider-Man at the moment. No, maybe. maybe. Don't don't, don't you don't say know. that. Don't like, you say I don't that, know, guys. Like well, I know, I know that there's still definitely the demand, and I think that he's such a he's probably one of the most popular superhero characters in the world, like ever. Well, when we had our chat about Homecoming a few weeks ago, obviously you two were quite optimistic about the future of Spider-Man, mm, and I was sure. I was slightly less optimistic, and I I said that I don't necessarily like the direction that they're taking at least with the end of um, Far From Home. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. And, and honestly, to see where it goes, it's, I, I, I can't foresee really a, a good outcome for either side. I mean, if Spider-Man stays out of the MCU and then we get some weird films with like a fresh Tom Holland reboot of Spider-Man. I'm sorry, I just I don't want to have to Venom. do another reboot of Spider-Man. Tom Holland and Tom Hardy's like weird in a, their own universe. It's like Venom and Spider-Man. Yeah, it's I, really I just weird. I don't trust Sony to make another Spider-Man film. I'm just, I don't I, trust yeah. Sony. It's like, <laughs> it's like you know when like when they reboot, um, like oh, I'm trying to think of who it is. It's not. Maybe it's Batman. Maybe it's James Bond. But like one of them, there's been yeah, it's Batman. There's been like 1,700 Batman reboots, and I'm like, I'm sick of it. I mean, I'm I have my own issues with Batman's well, only been character. One... He's just—he's a grumpy old man, and it annoys <laughs> me. But um... if you want to talk about Bond, there's only been one reboot of Bond because classic Bond before Craig was all one overarching story. Yeah, it was just different actors. It was just different actors. See, can you all tell I'm not a fan of Bond? Yeah, so I just don't pay attention to it. <laughs> but Craig Bond was a complete reboot. Okay. So all right. well, from... then I think it must be Batman yeah. then. Yeah, but it it's would like be there's Batman. so many reboots. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I, oh, oh Hulk as well. Well, there's, well, there's, Hulk there's Eric Banner, there's yeah. Mark Ruffalo, there's... Surely, I think there was another one, wasn't there? What's his name? The first guy? Or the wait, wait, what? Who? Hulk. The boring... Hulk. The first MCU oh, Hulk Mark, guy. Are uh, you talking about Eric Banner? That is no, Eric... No. There's Eric Banner and yeah, there's Eric Mark Ruffalo. Banner. Is there another What's one before Eric? Uh, Eric Banner is the guy in the MCU Hulk. No, that's... Um... I know that's Mark Ruffalo. Who's the first MCU Hulk? Eric Banner. That is Eric Banner. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, of course it is. Yeah, yeah I'm being stupid. Talking ourselves into sure. Yeah, I know. We're being but we're yeah, being silly. Like, anyway, yeah. let's move on swiftly yes. from this topic because I can see we're all a little upset. Yes. Um there's been a lot of in brighter news. There's been a from Disney as well. There's mm. been a lot of Star Wars news in the recent weeks. Yes. Um we've got the Mandalorian trailer, the episode 9 special look, D26 special look, mm-hmm. um the Kenobi announcement, and that's it for Star Wars. Yeah, we got three pretty big uh, Star mm. Wars pieces of news. I'm particularly excited for The Mandalorian. Oh my gosh, yes. Um, and excited yet apprehensive about the Kenobi little reboot and very much not excited, unenthused and totally disappointed <laughs> in episode 9 and not excited at all. I'm, I, I will jump on The Mandalorian, you know, fan trailer. Like, I mean, I 
I saw it because it came up on Taika Waititi's Instagram, mm, and I am guy. such a huge fan of his work. Like he's a I fun love. Guy. I think he's probably in my top hey, man. like three it's directors. Cool. I can't do the voice. <laughs> Look, there was an attempt. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just, <laughs> there no, was so an attempt. You're talking my language here because Taika Waititi is one of my absolute favorite directors I, as I well. I love his work. His, his work from Boy to kind of um, yes. what we do in the shadows, oh. like. Just such such yeah, a great even, director. Even the way that he kind of like rebooted the the comedy in in Thor. Yeah, the rendition of Thor definitely saved the character and kind of yeah. uh, jump started the character that we see in the oh, Avengers absolutely. movie. Well, it, it it kept Chris Hemsworth in the MCU because Chris Hemsworth was going to leave. Oh really? Um, he was very very sick of Thor. Yeah. As a character, he was really like dark and dreary. But then I remember, I mean, I I I watched the behind the scenes stuff for Thor Ragnarok because I like when I love something, I just yeah. Yeah, and I remember Taika saying as well, um, which you know might have been a reason why Chris stayed, is he wanted it to be a New Zealand and Australian movie, like not just one that had a Kiwi director and and an Aussie star or was partially filmed in Australia I think he wanted it to be Australian so you know the um, colours of the um, indigenous flag were on one of the ships and I think the name was also like kind of a little throwback I can't remember what it is Um, but there were like a bunch of things that were like Aussie or Kiwi like things that he brought in there which is just amazing he's he's a great guy He's he's actually like uh, like as as much as I love Taika, he's actually like only one of kind of I think it's uh, five directors that are in the series. Uh, yes, and yeah, there's there some other great names in there as well to be really excited about. Dave Filoni is doing two episodes. What's he done? Um, which is a really good. He, Fantastic. He, he did the, uh, Clone the Wars. Star Wars animated series, the Clone Wars. Oh my and also Rebels. Star Wars Rebels. I'm watching those on ABC Three. Both both really good series, and I yes. think that it's about time that this guy's got a chance of doing yeah. a live action Star Wars. Filoni because he's paid his dues. I think Filoni mm. should be. In my opinion, he like that, he, he, um, Avenger, which is oh, cute. yeah. Filoni for me the, the is like really series. a yeah. great <laughs> sort of like Star Wars kind of just a, a great mind behind that universe because watching the work that he did, and I follow his Facebook page, and his Facebook page is really, really interesting. Dave Filoni's Facebook yeah. page because he posts a lot of self drawn Star Wars art and things oh, like cute. that, and he brings little moments into like the canon. Um, of Star Wars through his art. He's just one of these guys that is a super that. fan and like knows the universe so much and you just know that he's going to treat it well. Like, Absolutely. You, oh, we love um, I think he should... There's some other guys uh, as well I'm really excited about. Rick uh, Fumini... Fu- <laughs> Sorry, Japanese name. Rick Fu- Fum- Fumayiwa. Fumayiwa. Uh, oh, I always, always screw up those names. But anyway, uh, yeah, he's, he's a really exciting director as well. He directed a film called Dope, which dope. came out in 2015, which mm, is really, really, which is a really good film. Was it about dope? It was. It was, it was, about, ah. it was about, it's about like kind of uh, the comedy side of kind of um, like a young drug dealers in okay. California. Okay. And it's, it's really stylish, really fun. And if you can kind of add that flair to this series, then we're going to get something very nice vibrant one. and exciting. Yeah. And it was a really good trailer just yeah. to sort of put that, you know, the mm. kind of like the, the, the lived in universe gave me very sort of much Rogue One vibes. Um, mm. I really liked that. So, also moving on swiftly to the uh, small announcement that was received uh, via Kathleen Kennedy and um, Ewan McGregor of a return to uh, the character of Obi Wan Kenobi. That video was so cute. It was it, a cute little video. It was like it, you'll need to go watch it. Um, but he like asks, is it Kathleen? Kathleen. Kathleen, Kathleen. to be like, ask me if I'm gonna be <clears throat> Obi Wan Kenobi ask again. Ask me if I'm going to be Obi Wan Kenobi oh. again. No. no, I can't. I can You're only not do my own. Do that. Am That's... I not an Englishman? Can't do a Scottish accent. You have not to you. ask me. Oh, 
<laughs> don't care. <laughs> okay, yeah. moving swiftly onwards. <laughs> Um, yes, but this is like uh, the world's worst kept secret, right? That, yeah, of that, course. Um, yeah. It was always going to happen back. because he's like. It's a matter of time. He is probably, I would say, like the most beloved actor in the whole Star Wars franchise. And yes. I think Mark Hamill may have something to say. Oh, about <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. I mean, like, I love Mark Hamill a lot, and Luke Skywalker. I, I was like, you know, yeah, when you're playing, I really want to take that up with Carrie Fisher. Oh, come on. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> Look, okay, he's the most beloved actor in the prequels. Right, yeah. That's um, definitely, and the best actor in um, the prequels. Ian McDermott is also pretty loved. All right, <laughs> come on, Stephen. <laughs> let's just stop making broad, broad phrases. I like come. to let's make just, broad Stephen's strokes. Not let us Sabrina's off today. patting me on the arm right now, telling me to shut up. I'm keen to see kind of where he's coming back and what. what what they have planned for him because I yes. think that is all conditional as well um, I actually was one of the guys who I really <laughs> would was keen to see him come back but I really want it to be the right project because yes you see, I, I would prefer a film I, but I it looks like it's going to be a series uh, the rumors are saying it's going to be a TV series on right. Disney Plus which seems to be the direction that they're going yeah. since the a lot of the backlash I that mean, they've that received on their films. I could be good, yeah. though. Like, cause it, I mean, it, a series often mean more detail. It it's does true. open itself up to being boring. But, but it would be his, his trials okay. and tribulations on Tatooine, yeah, right? Uh, between be episodes really, three really and cool. four. I, think, I don't think it's a great idea. Mm, but, well, I think if they were going to do that, it would be better suited to a standalone film. Yeah, it'll be like probably. a Star Wars story, like a so it'll be like a Kenobi, a Star yeah. Wars story. Yeah. Film. I, maybe I, it's going to be a short series, though. Like it could essentially like a be one. a movie length. Oh, but do you trust Disney to do a short one-off series when they could just milk money out of a long time, like five seasons? Yeah, look, you yeah. have a point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you really think Disney are going to do a uh, little hint for the late later in the podcast, a years and years style once-off uh, little thing, little experiment? No, they'll never do like a six-parter. Yeah, of course not. not. Which is what it well, would be best suited to that we, or a once-off movie we can hope yeah we can hope an isolated story i think would yeah be the best idea but i agree i guess we'll have to see what they have in store and finally for our star wars news i think we ought to have a chat about probably the biggest star wars uh bit mm. of info which was the coming out of d23 yeah. coming out of d23 did i say d26 earlier i, I think, you I, think did. I did yeah <laughs> d coming out of d23 <laughs> was the special look the new trailer uh, for the Star Wars Episode Nine, and I've got a little bit of a hot I take to give you, but I'll let you guys talk. I know you hate, like, we I have hate a the group chat, trilogy. and he hates. He hated the poster. He yeah. hated the the trailer. Yeah, well, I didn't hate the trailer. I, I'm I'm personally a big I, fan of the Force Awakens. I think I think the Force Awakens kind of. I I've never kind of felt so high coming back into the series as like coming straight mm. out of that cinema. I was kind of. Oh yeah, me too. Don't get me like, wrong. I, I love like it. I'm, I'm happy that we're in JJ Abrams's um, guidance again. Mm-hmm. Um, even though, oh, let's not get too. Let's not uh, get too much Jedi into it. But, yeah. but I will. We'll I will say, look, um, Force Awakens. Look, if I can break down this trilogy in a sentence or two, the Force Awakens was a safe, soft reboot that got me interested in the characters and the world again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Last Jedi was an unfettered mess, <laughs> and I wish it did not exist. <laughs> And and uh, I believe that the uh, word of the day for episode nine will be retcon. As I have said before uh, on this podcast, I believe mm. um, I think JJ JJ will do a lot of walking back, specifically around Ray's parentage uh, and a few other bits and pieces that Ryan Johnson kind of just threw out the window. Um, anyway, 
let's not get too much into the last jedi let's focus on the trailer yeah. um i thought it was a really well shot pretty trailer um but i also think that the massive reveal at the end of the trailer is going to be a massive bait and switch and it's not going to be what we think it is oh 100 no, I, I, I think that Wait, the only people that would really believe spinny uh fidget spinner lightsaber the the kind of uh double red lightsaber that ray has at the end of the trailer oh where it like flips yeah into yeah two? yeah it's like a double-sided yep. red one. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, yep. Uh, that's that's obviously a vision of, of some sort. Or yeah, they're not yeah. Gonna or she Ray steals. Um, they haven't planted enough. She steals the emo no. dudes. Well, well, she's no. not even a she's not even a character to begin with. Like <laughs> she has no personality to begin with. Oh, Sorry, I'm really oh. salty. Ooh. I'm really mad about this trilogy and these right. characters. I, I thought for the majority they did a good job in that clip of obviously building up the nostalgia kind mm. of thing at the start, which you know it's fan service no. it's very God. easy at bringing you in I but I actually me. thought that the new footage we got looked really good up until kind of that final point I yeah. thought that kind of all that stuff looked like we're going on like this big adventure it looks like the team's together the team yep. is something that I'm asking for a lot in this series we never really got them together at all 100% and that's what we're, they're that's supposed to be the new like they're yeah. supposed to be the new Luke Leia and Han well, and it's never, like they've like barely met like, literally Poe and Ray met at the end of the last film yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's like that's the way over halfway through the trilogy and two of the principal characters have only just met and it's like mm-hmm. yeah yeah it well I think right. I mean I just, I didn't I wasn't completely disappointed I'm like of course I'm not the biggest star wars like like i love star wars don't get me wrong but um i'm not like crazy about it not yes that that's a bad thing but you know um so i mean i'm i'm excited just to kind of watch and turn my brain off a little bit see what happens yeah yeah, yeah you see um, i just for me yeah. it's like star wars is not the kind of film where i can just kind of sit back and be like yay space Fair. wizards Fair. i kind of have to digest it seriously even though that might be a little bit i might be doing it with the wrong movie um, I I just I have such a care and passion for this particular franchise that I can't help but get entitled and angry. But I am a bit of a prequels apologist as well, which is a bit of a hot take. So I I, I have some I have some weird views when it comes to Star Wars. But let's move on again. I think I think we've exhausted the topic. Um, yes. What is next? Uh, right. I think we need a break here because I just fucked up the. That's right, it's a Breaking order. Bad movie. Yeah, it's the Breaking Bad movie. Um, I was just, you want to click us back yeah, in? Yeah, do it quick. All right, you do it. So moving on swiftly, I think from Star Wars, we've got something that I think Stephen and I particularly are quite excited for. Yes, yes. yes. Um, which is the upcoming uh, Breaking Bad movie. Can you remind us of the title, Stephen? It's El Camino. El Camino. Which means the way. The way in Spanish. Well, I look. I saw that trailer with um, what's his name again? Um, you know the the guy who's getting interviewed by the police, Skinny Pete. Skinny Pete, Skinny Pete loves Skinny Pete. He is so funny in the yes. original Breaking Bad. Series. I also <laughs> love Skinny Pete. We wait, love wait, wait. You, Skinny you've Pete. You've seen Breaking Bad, right, Sabrina, or not? No, I haven't seen it. <gasps> okay, oh, oh my god! I've been god. to get to it. That's okay. Just That's okay we're advertising for a new host. <laughs> um, excuse me. Breaking Bad is uh, that universe. I think is one of the most pleasing uh, television universes I've ever I had the say, pleasure of watching. I've seen the memes. You've like seen I, the I've, memes. I've seen memes. You've so seen I pizza. Yeah, right, you have. <laughs> You've seen so pizza on roof. I am the danger. I am the danger. I know that one. I know that one. I also am going to give a hot take. As probably some of my friends know, and maybe people who are listening, I 
prefer Better Call Saul to Breaking Bad. <gasps> and that is a Two massive plot twist. <laughs> uh, I just think that Better Call Saul, Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould have just honed their craft to a point where there is not a single episode of Better Call Saul that I was bored with or was not pleased by or didn't feel like it was part of a grander narrative, but it was such a slow burn. But equally, I was so engaged and drawn into the world. And I can't say that for every episode of Breaking Bad. Yeah, I mean, not. yeah, definitely. That's your opinion. That's fair enough, man. Like, I, I think that I think that either is quite like a valid option to be unfair because I think that they're both terrific. Yeah, um, I haven't seen much of Better Call Saul, which I really should. It's but, phenomenal, man. Um, yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited to get into that a lot. Breaking Bad is basically one of the most perfect television shows ever made, and I'm really excited that Vince Gilligan is behind this and kind of the idea that it's uh, Jesse after Breaking Bad is yes. kind of it's a scary topic because he his story ends so perfectly in Breaking Bad. Um, I'm just worried kind of what they might mess up, but well, the implication behind it, I can't see this being bad. <laughs> no, of course not. Absolutely. I think that he is one of the greatest writer directors for television that I've seen, at least for consistent character development and storytelling. Yeah. Like he's just so fantastic. And um, just to see Aaron Paul back in this universe, I yes. just can't tell you how happy that's going to make me that, Aaron I Paul agree. is this, this guy that came out of nowhere, like just absolutely. Well, Breaking Bad was his big break. Yeah, hundred percent. And you know, for an actor who goes from unknown to winning four Emmys, oh yeah, for television shows, incredible, spectacular. And really, by the end of the show, Jesse is the heart of the entire show. Like you know, yeah. Walt well, he's our moral compass. Yeah, it was kind of like switched at the beginning where Walt was your sort of like yeah. entry point, and Jesse was this like snotty teen who was yeah, like you know a drug addict yeah and you didn't and care for him end, yeah it's, it's the it's opposite a really transition um, it is. I, I watched a really good video essay once talking about how jesse pinkman his journey reflects like almost like a jesus christ oh wow it was I've called, not... <laughs> it was, i think it's called uh, uh jesse pinkman died for our sins wow <laughs> oh my God. Um, that's really great cool video i should watch that yeah definitely um, it's it's exciting like i said the trailer is really it's just a big tease yeah it's, um, well, it's just skinny pete talking you know yeah and like saying, oh, I know that guy's just... a phenomenal actor as well who's he i can't remember the guy's name but yeah he's good in the series in with his like limited minutes yeah yeah i mean hopefully we get another trailer pretty soon i think it comes out like october 22nd or something like that okay around okay oh, mid- that's really soon yeah it is it, it, it came really out of nowhere because, like um yeah, yeah it really came out of nowhere this is something that's quite spectacular in the movie industry right now because should have been hyped up yeah. for yeah, like well, yeah literally nobody really knew that it existed which is crazy because it like well, I can remember these things like years in advance. Well, I, yeah. I I can remember the same thing happening with Better Call Saul, like the announcement trailer, yes. and then the series dropped a few months later, and it was like, wow, this is great. I kind of love when things do that. Though. I do too, like, especially when just, we have hype culture. Right? Yeah, yeah, like three Star Wars movies, like five years in advance. I know, which yeah. is yeah, well, like even um, with the trailer that I'd like to talk about later. Um, I mean, I only heard about it today, and it's coming yeah. out tomorrow. Wow. Yeah, what? It's, it's, it's good. Are <laughs> you okay? I think that's wrong. Give me a second. Um, yeah, but you guys keep talking. with regardless, um, El Camino, we're, you know, we're all very excited for it. We will make yeah. sure that Sabrina has watched Breaking Bad at least. At Breaking Bad. They will tie me um, to a chair. Um, but I think Better Call Saul is also going to be equally as important to the story because yeah, possibly portions of Better Call Saul as the. How much Better Call Saul have you seen, Stephen? Uh, only really like parts of the first season, so okay. quite, so quite newbie. If you recall, the first in the first episode, there's a flash forward in yes, black and, and white. Yes, you see Saul kind of where you see Saul now, post Breaking Bad. That gets chair. more and more sort of important, and right. more and more of that 
comes into the like so in the first episode of every season they have a flash forward Mm -hmm. to a point in which Saul is at and that becomes longer and more drawn out as part of the episode the first episode as you move forward so you get quite a fair bit of it by the end you do get a fair bit of it as we're approaching the final season of Better Call Saul as well uh, I believe next year um, late next year will be coming out um, season 5 uh, it'll be it'll we'll have some some definitive answers as to what where Saul's at where he is in the universe so I think Better Call Saul is quite important as well to El, El Camino as a um as a, as the sort of entry point to that movie so definitely watch both series seasons uh, both shows if you haven't listeners highly recommend and me and Sabrina <laughs> uh, moving from Breaking Bad we also want to have a chat about a trailer that dropped recently for a new Netflix special um, The King a yes. story of Henry V yes, of yes, England yes yes guys that yes so Stephen you look very excited Ooh, so take is, it away this is something that's been like, like I've been so excited for like over a year now so like for this trailer to drop is so exciting to me so um, I'm not sure how much you guys know about kind of this film as a whole but it's directed by David Michaud who is an Australian director um, which is really exciting. Obviously, Cute. so yeah, many love. It seems like there's so many right now doing which is really like well, fantastic. which is so exciting. Yeah. Um, he he did uh, Animal Kingdom. If you guys ever saw that film, I um, did not. No, really good film, and I he also did The Rover, did. which is a Robert Pattinson film, which um, did really well. Was that the elephant one? No, no I think that was called the <laughs> elephant. Of elephants or That's yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm an idiot. Um, yeah, and it's also written by Joel Edgerton, who's another Australian guy who's quite like a famous actor. His um, name rings. Yeah, bell. you probably you probably know Joel Edgerton. Um, I'll show you a little photo there. He's in Star Wars as well. Tell me, plays like <laughs> who play, does he play in he Star plays Wars? Plays a young Uncle Owen. <laughs> oh, oh, in Episode Three, yeah, in episode three. amazing for like ten seconds. Yeah, he, he's he's great. But anyway, there's so many great people involved in this. Mm. Timothy Chalamet, who's someone that uh, like I'm really trying to hype up. And we've oh spoken God, about I him before him. as well. Yeah. Yes. Ben Mendelsohn, great Australian actor. Cute. Of course, yes. I do love Ben Mendelsohn. He yeah, was fantastic in Rogue One. Yes. And obviously Robert Pattinson, who just seems to be yeah. killing it at the moment. I mean, yeah, like, he's got so much it, going we've on. We've talked about him for the last like, basically three weeks. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. like, like, I'm so excited. I'm just I, like, this feels like it's going to be his year. Like, it's going to break honestly, out hard this year, I think. Yeah. Like, this just, year to next year, I think. I'm just such a fan of him just coming back. Because like... Twilight really did him dirty. As I yes, as we as said, we it was saying. it was done pretty bad but by like, Twilight. I'm like, I, I'm excited. Like he looks like you know, like grungy and like just mm. freaking cool. And it, especially so in especially in you know the King, he looks yes. like he, who is he yeah. playing in the King? Which which figure? He looks like some he's, evil dude. I think he's playing like a rival monarch. But Henry the Henry the Fifth, probably French or something. Something like well, I, if it's if it's Henry the Fifth, it's got to be the Hundred Years' War, right? Is that the Roses one? Or is he? Is this? Or is this? Not not the War of the Roses. War of the Roses. The Hundred Year War. So Henry the Fifth was the second, I think, Lancaster king. Right. Um, and he, I know vague. Can we Google a little history lesson? Let's do some Wikipediaing live While on the you podcast. That, I also just want to name drop um, Adam Arkpour, who's the cinematographer for this film. Which obviously, if you've seen the trailer, it looks stunning. Um, he, mm. He's probably one of the best cinematographers in the business as well. Right mm. now, he did a film called Macbeth. A couple if of years I ago. remember yes. correctly, was one of the best shot things. Sorry, before seen. I look over at Sabrina's computer, let me test my history knowledge. Okay. So, am I correct in thinking that Henry V ruled only for nine years? Um, because that he was had a very short reign, one of I the shorter don't have reigns. My glasses on. Um, that's okay. I think so it was it's a slow... fourteen. 11 or 1412 to sort of 1420-ish, 1422 to 1421, I think. Mm. 
Um, he ruled ish. I, I have vague. Uh, okay, I did a lot of history go. in high uh, school. Rain, so. 1413 your, your to down. 1422. Oh, there we go. I got it right. Uh, yes, I'm that. letting the empire down. <laughs> 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 uh, and he ruled yeah, only for nine years. Um, yes, he, but yes, you're right. It is the 100 year war. It is the 100 year, year war. war. And you are correct. He is the second. Oh, there you go. Uh, the second Lancaster king. We well, obviously, that. Henry the Seventh was the big progenitor of the um, War of the Roses. Um, I know something. Oh, yes. The only stuff that I know about history is from horrible histories. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have seen that. Of course, that was we a great have. show. Do you all remember the um? And, oh yeah, sorry, oh, so like Charles the Second, the song. Oh, we're I getting a little off topic sorry, here, off topic. guys. Yeah, off no, topic. <laughs> sorry, I just got really excited. The um, the Rob Patterson's playing the the Dolphin of France. So, the Dolphin of France. Uh, the Dolphin of France. Ah, yeah. Uh, yeah, the Dolphin of France. <laughs> the Dolphin, dolphin of France. I thought that's what you said. I thought the you said Dolphin. Dolphin. The Dolphin. Dolphin. So yes, yeah. Hundred Years War <laughs> because obviously it's his his coming to the throne and his mm. his yeah, ascending the throne, yeah. which is kind of a cool sort of thing and then his military strategy throughout the hundred years of war which yeah, is which you is know obviously being a young king and that sort of thing yes. having like the way but i think he was widely considered one of the best you know royal strategists i think of that yeah, age um so it's going to be um i think in an innately political uh movie mm-hmm. and people, a, people have accused it of looking boring which i don't oh, i don't know why people so assume you, that, that it didn't look boring, boring to me yeah. I, I think this is just this uh, this ideology that a lot of like younger people have that period pieces look boring and I don't know I don't really ah, agree like, with that okay. at all and so how can you watch that trailer and think it's boring that like, trailer was, it was very emotional it looks, it looks very like strong gritty. it looks dark it looks yeah. kind of well I, I saw it and I had no idea that you were so hyped for it Steve and yeah. I sent it to our yeah, no, group chat I, I, I was like, thought about sending it but I was like oh yeah. these guys probably don't know about this so I won't no. bother but I'm so keen that you did <laughs> <laughs> so I, I well that that trailer was the first I'd, I'd heard of it right. so I was like wow this looks great that was mm. the only exposure I'd had to it. Obviously, learn, knowing who Henry yeah. V is, yeah. and knowing what the Hundred Years War is, and you know, knowing what bastards the French are. <gasps> Can I say that? Dude. <laughs> Let's maybe cut that out. <laughs> for, for me and Sabrina, who like have spent time in France. All right. Oh, I, have, I have French cousins. Excuse me. Uh, I meant not modern day French people, of course not. Mm. But like French people in like the. You realize that uh, the French. Uh, it literally founded uh like the empire of, of england right like yeah, I know. all the english kings are french <laughs> yeah i know i'm french kind yeah. of my family are so, so like himself constantly. yeah so um sorry friend can we cut that out <laughs> not working it in. <laughs> that is staying in you are being exposed <laughs> exposed yeah, as a race all about exposing <laughs> yeah. hey i'm english yeah. i'm allowed to be english people in oh my in, god okay back I'm, gonna, me up. I'm gonna stop you back right me up brits before you dig yourself we a hate you french people can we turn his mic off for a second (laughs) yeah let's cut him off (laughs) okay (laughs) moving away from that um we're gonna be talking about carnival row now so this is a good opportunity for you sabrina yes thank you um no okay (laughs) please ignore tom i am so sorry I'm sorry. Um, all right. So the trailer that I like to talk about is um, Carnival Row. It is that was the one I was talking about. It is coming out tomorrow. Wow. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure the trailer didn't come out today. It came out probably like well, a couple. Depending of weeks on when ago. you guys are listening to this, it's coming out on what the thirtieth. Coming out on the thirtieth. Yeah. yeah. So maybe when this is up. Yeah. By the time depends. this is up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yes, but it looks so cool. I'm getting like <clears> really. It's okay. Rewind. It is about a. It's like a. Oh, like industrial style. 
Like, that, the time period is, like, the alienist, like, whenever that's set. Um, and it's set like in a world... Like Victorian Britain, that's what it looks that's, like. That's the one. Um, and it's set in a world where the Fae and humans live kind of together, but unhappily. Right. Um, and there's, like, some sort of war going on between them. It's, uh, Those got, are the dudes with the wings, right? Yes. Okay. Um, and there's, like, I think there's, there's the a bunch dudes? of races. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Um, I I think the the, <laughs> <laughs> the horny dudes. the horny dudes are horny also um, a a type of fae. You okay? Right. Yeah. Um, so like some kind of like goat people or something like that. Yeah, like fawns or something. Let's call them goat people. Let's call them horny goats. <laughs> Is it just like Mr. Tumnus rocks up. <laughs> Mr. Tumnus. <laughs> okay. Um, Mr. Tumnus, pretty horny. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you. So, um, so they're living in like you know unhappy situations um and it's kind of again like the alienist where there's some like crimes that are going on people looks like someone's been eaten yeah um people are being dragged off and orlando bloom has to f- try and figure out who and cara delavine Is stars orlando along. bloom human yes i think he's, so he's not a he's not a horny dude i think he is a regular human <laughs> okay good to know um yes and cara delavine's like starring right next to him as a like a fae she's got wings it's cool nice. um but i am so excited about it like this looks very much like the type of young adult stuff that very I much read. your, screams your like, style. This is, oh, absolutely! Yeah. When absolutely. we were watching the trailer just before we went on air, mm-hmm. I was like, "Wow, this is right up your alley." Kind oh, of, yeah. kind of thing. Oh you know? yeah, yeah. It's, it's not something yeah. that was initially on my radar, but I, I think that I think that it looks promising enough that, it, like, mm-hmm. if you give it a good review, Sabrina, I'll, I'll be pretty. I'll check it out. Yeah, no, yeah. I'm um, definitely. I as, think... uh, with one caveat that Orlando Bloom and Cara Delevingne do not have a romantic relationship because that. Would oh, of course, me. they're going to have yeah, a romantic relationship. Like it's like a 25 year difference. Yeah, but you know it's fancy, man. You know, true. her race probably I mean, lives for looks, like hundreds of years. He's <laughs> aged pretty well, but has he though? Mm. It looks like. Did he you has see Pirates Five? <laughs> yeah, look. I didn't actually see Pirates um, Five. Yeah. I was like, I'm not watching that because you know there was only three movies needed, right? Yes, <laughs> good man, Tom. Um, well. Yes, well, I will. I will keep an eye out for it, but I'm definitely going to be watching that when it comes out because mm. it looks really, really freaking cool. Cool, yeah. man. So did you guys have thoughts about the trailer? Because I just had. A I just, I just thought, yeah, Sabrina vibes big time <laughs> from it. You know, I was like, uh, look, let's have a uh, look. It wouldn't normally be my kind of go to, mm. um, but I will keep my eye on it as yeah. a sort of like little curiosity. And if you want to want to chat about it, it, please do. Yeah, and yeah. We'll, we'll all have a little. We'll put our two cents in as we usually do, and yeah. <clears throat> see where we come out. Yeah. How about you, Stephen? Yeah, yeah, I think that's kind of what I said is it's um it's not something that is like initially on my radar, but I think that um I think that after seeing the trailer, it looks pretty cool. It looks like an interesting world and like if I hear good reviews about it, it's probably something I'll bump on my list to watch. Excellent. Well, moving on from Carnival Row, we want to talk about um something else that dropped quite recently, another trailer, uh, The Joker. Um, yes. With uh, I forget the gentleman's name. Joaquin yeah. Phoenix. Joaquin, Joaquin Phoenix. Phoenix. Now I he I believe I've seen him in a few other things, or am I mistaken? Yeah, is he a breakout? He's a, he's a pretty big actor. I would say he's pretty established. He's, I, he's, he's very, definitely recognised him. He, I would probably say he's the best actor living right now. Really? So maybe Daniel Day Lewis. So wow, he's he's, <laughs> he's very very good. That's actor. big time. Okay, well maybe I'm just to- dreadfully. Um, okay, he's been in a lot. So oh, he was in Gladiator. Uh, of yeah, course, Gladiator. he was. Yeah, he's the, yeah. Uh, he's the villain in Gladiator. Yeah. Okay, I take it back. I've definitely seen her, this uh, gentleman before. You were never really here, the master. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen a lot of these movies. 
Regardless, um, yes, yes. Uh, the Joker. Um, it looks to be again another quite politically driven film. Mm, it yes. doesn't seem to be the traditional Joker that we are quite familiar I'm with. I'm so excited for that though. Which is cool because I think that we've. I think that we're that really character's not gonna... also been quite exhausted. Yeah, I think, and I think as it well, needs to liven, it needs to be freshened up. I think especially yeah. with. Um, oh my god, I'm embarrassing myself Heath Ledger oh. well, like it, with Heath Ledger's Joker it's kind of like he did it so well that he's the definitive article yeah, I would and say and especially you yeah, know with him Jefferson. with him yeah. passing um, you know you can't really like do it and then be like oh we're remaking it and it's like of course that's you can't mm. well, yeah, that's I, mean, the, I, think, I think we saw the results of that with Jared Leto's Joker and Suicide yeah. Squad like I I and well, well I didn't like that. it. I, I appreciated the fact that he went for something different because I don't yes. because I think well, that it was going an... for the Heath Ledger type joke yeah. is never going to work again because that you already have the best version that way. Well, the the way that I understand sort of Heath Le- Heath Ledger's Joker was is that he was he was insane, but he had almost a a, a reason for his insanity and almost a quest mm. that he was on which was a quest of the, the, you know, where all the we live in a society memes come from, yeah. which is, you know, the breakdown of society, whereas... Yeah, like the anonymous Mr. Robot kind of... Precisely, yeah. yeah. And I think Jared Leto's Joker, from my understanding, as I've never actually watched Suicide Squad, at least my understanding yeah, of the bits that I've seen is that he's just funny and crazy for the sake of it. He's in it for like five minutes as yeah, well. He's very, he's very, he's very comic booky, very cartoony, which I get is some people's, like, you know, some people like that version yeah. of the character. I yeah. think that... Personally, I'm drawn to the more like truthful, like kind of um, feels like real world characters, yeah. which obviously Heath yeah. Ledger's character is mm. a lot like. I mean, but then that being said, as well, Jack Nicholson's Joker is definitely uh, very cartoony and kind of um, at <clears throat> yeah. times does some very mm. comic book like things. Of course. So I think that there are good versions and bad versions oh, yeah. of the character. I'm just I'm really excited to because it doesn't look like a superhero movie, no. like or a vi- super villain movie. It looks like yeah, as you said, political. It looks dark. Oh my god. Um, okay? So I watched the trailer with these guys, and this is one <laughs> shot that actually ah, yes. freaks me out. Um, it's the shot near the end. Oh, Do you want me to describe it? Yes, please. He's sort of like standing in a door frame, and if you've seen the recent trailer, you'll know what we're talking about. He- Towards the end, after he kisses his girlfriend or whatever, um, he's standing in a door frame, and he's kind of like hunched over with his arms on either side, and he kind of twists his torso and he and, like, like looks, looks up, and like, he has his bones his, are like he, oh god, it's even making face, me feel weird. His face is painted white, <clears> and <throat> I'm getting like mad. The doppelganger, the from flesh Doctor episode Who. from Doctor Who, and those games. I kind of got like nightmares. the ring vibes. Yes, yeah. like, it was just yeah. it's terrifying and it's dark Golem and gritty. And yeah, Gollum. <laughs> yes. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, but yeah, I'm I, very excited. I think it's going to be a very divisive movie from what mm. you can already kind of see. And yeah. the, the script has actually leaked online. So, it has. So really? a lot of people have read it. I um, might read and, it. And think that it kind of, it's going to be divisive. You're either going to love it or hate it. Okay. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. I, I think mm. that it, it's... It, um, does, it does sound like the kind of movie that I would probably like, definitely. at least in oh, what yeah. I've heard about it. So. Yeah. I think I will... Yeah, yeah. I, I know someone who's in um, Toronto right now at mm. the Toronto International Film Festival who's going to get to see The Joker basically by the time this episode is out. Haven't so. you? You've oh, got connections. I know, it's Hello. <laughs> anyway, so that was the Joker. Now let's yeah. see. Um, we are going to be moving on now to a very, very special little review to wrap up our podcast. This is something that I 
picked up a couple of months ago mm-hmm. a TV series uh, and that I recommended to my good friends here, uh, my special friends, um, Stephen and Sophie. What did I just say? You cannot call us your special friends. <laughs> do you want me to, to do you want to redo that bit? No, leave it in. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I recommend it to these guys, uh, which is Years and Years. It is a TV miniseries um, mm-hmm. written and developed by the great Russell T. Davies, yep. who I am a big fan of, um, who rebooted our... uh, Doctor oh, yeah. Who uh, yes. in 2005 um, and was sort of responsible for bringing that show to a new generation. And although I have mm-hmm. a lot of qualms with the reboot and the new Doctor Who post-2005, I'm very much a classic Who fan. Um, I respect that man enormously for bringing that work to a new generation. Mm. Regardless, Years and Years is what I would say is Russell's attempt at a magnum opus. It falls a little bit short in a few areas. So, a what? Magnum opus means his greatest work. Oh my god, I'm... Yeah. (laughs) It's like saying it's like someone's 2001. It's like... It's like like Uh, their... It's their 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 defining work. It's like you think of George Lucas, you think of Star Wars. That's his magnum opus. You think of, um, I don't know. Stanley Kubrick is his 2001 Space Odyssey. Precisely. My role in this podcast is just to be the idiot that doesn't understand terms. So it was was (laughs) Russell's attempt at doing something. And sadly, because of the content, I think, and because of the time that it was released, it was... It was not really well known, and I think that's a massive injustice. When did it come out? It came out quite recently. It was this this year, I think, or yeah, maybe last year. Yeah, you'd think so. With, with yeah, the with the current climate. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah. there's no way that he made these sort of predictions. Mm. So the so for our, for our yeah. audience who haven't seen this, I am going to premise this with a little bit of a content warning. Um, years and years covers some pretty, I wouldn't say dark topics. I would possibly it's say it's very quite, hard hitting. It's very hard hitting. It's very bleak in its attitude and it's sure. it's, and it's, um, very, it's very uncompromising in the way that it looks at a lot of like the it's issues very that face critical. Our society today. Yeah. Um, yes. Which, which very means real. It's not for everyone, but it also means that I think it's um, making an important an important statement. But Indeed. We'll get into all that Saying that the premise for years and years is um, it focuses on a uh, on a family um, who go through uh, the next 15 years or so, so starting in 2019 and moving forward uh, and uh, adapting and, and changing to the, the things around us, advances in technology, advances in human ideology, a second financial crisis, things like that um, that surround them and how they deal with that personally and then reflecting the backdrop. So the changes that we see in the world, we only see that through the family, which I thought, which was the initial premise that drew, yeah. drew me in yeah. to the series. For sure, yeah. I, I think that that was, um, that was one of the things that I really appreciated, especially in the early phases of the show, mm. was that we were seeing these changes, but through kind of the eyes of everyday people. For sure. And this kind of family that was really nice and tight-knit together. And um, yes. I also liked Oops, how, as the years progressed and as the world got crazier, this family also got crazier as well. So like yes. things that were very innocuous and like yeah. some like really stable relationships kind of spun out of control. And I think the mm. show takes place over 11 years because I think 2030 is where we end. I thought it was about 15, but you could be right. It could be 11 or so. 2019 to 2030. Okay, right. Fair enough. Yeah. I could be wrong. No, fair play. Um, I thought, yeah, it was, it's, just, it's you know, between 10 and 13 or 14 yeah, years. It's like, it's a decent amount of time. It's over yeah, a decade. Because every, every episode jumps... Like, a couple of years. Yeah, well, Something. Well, I mean, like, Some, Lincoln, Lincoln is Someday. born in the first episode. Yeah. Um, in the second episode, the he's show, five. He's, he's 20. No, he's not 20. He's, um, he's, not? he's like 16 no, he, or something. Like, I thought he was like 11 or 12 or something, but yeah. He looked pretty... You know what? It must just or be she, like... she. I mean... Yeah, he or she. They. Yeah. They. We'll they. Say they. We'll say they. We're not sure. Lincoln looked 
a bit older. I thought Lincoln yeah, was about it c- fifteen. It could or just 16. be actors, though, when they yes, you know, that's yeah. true. they get like a twenty-five year old. Regardless, um, years and years is very politically driven. Um, yes. One of the main, one of the most. So for me, there's two exceptionally interesting, um, and they're all characters. That was a dog. Um, <laughs> there are two exceptionally interesting motifs for me within uh, years and years. The mm-hmm. primary uh, sort of driving force for that show is the relationship between victor and dan which is yeah. i would say the most believable and real relationship in the show yeah it's a, it's a terrific relationship I, I, I will say i mean i'll save my my own thoughts for the end of course um i'll let you all let us yeah, because have... you're gonna hit us with a hot take aren't you because Stephen and i quite like it I and we agree the same, um, same yeah. page so yeah. we'll let you guys so talk and about it first. um there's also um you also have the family of, of Stephen of um, with his wife Celeste yep. and his two daughters those two are who, interesting um, has, have a really interesting storyline going on with their eldest daughter who's transhuman who's transhuman which um, was yes. that, I love the way that they revealed well she is but she's not like, at the end be, Transgender. transgender yes and kind of the parents are like very accepting yeah that was and a then, great bait and switch oh, that, that was a very great. great bait and switch and I, I kind of liked mm. where they were setting that because I got a little out. choked up when that was happening I was like oh they're so accepting I thought this was going to yeah. go the other way I thought they were going to be really against it mm. and then they're like oh and no we love it I will say it was exactly I will say it was a very interesting way to um, kind of contemporize contemporize I would say contemporize contemporize something that's like I mean Obviously, that is very much still an issue of with, course, yeah. you know, even, you know, gay people or anyone, it's LGBTQIA+. What are, LGBT, plus, let's just say LGBTQ. Yes, um, you know, anyone who has to come out to Their family. anyone, really, it is still very much a big issue where it's like, of I course. don't know if I'm going to be accepted. A lot of people are very close-minded and like, oh, mm. no, not in my good and household. There's, there's a lot, of, um, there's a lot yeah. of really heavy-hitting issues like that discussed in the show, but I wanted to talk about another character who really kind of affected me and that's Emma Thompson's character that's Vivian mm. Rook right. um, now Emma Thompson is a fantastic actress in yes. her own right and, and so this is like third week in a row I think for bringing Emma Thompson yeah, up it is well. indeed we've like, brought her you know, up we have, <laughs> we have our favourites I have so much yeah. <laughs> Emma Thompson obviously in um, yeah oh that would God. be amazing she's obviously in my one. Of, she's obviously in my favourite movie of all time which is in love actually mm-hmm. um, and she Great obviously movie. oh what a fantastic movie and she, she acts across from one of my other favourite actors Alan Rickman but that's besides oh, the point um, Vivian Rook is just such a contemporary character I think the word of the week is she is diabolical that scene where she pitches the erstwhile camps my goodness (gasps) me but I was very intrigued by the comment that she says to Stephen when she was like they'd kill me yes which is alluring to yeah who is they I think I think what they're doing there is they're alluding to like this kind of greater kind of source of power that like is yeah. rumored to kind of rule the, world, the, like, world. the whole like Rockefeller the Illuminati yeah. well they, yeah. they alluded it to with like the Trump Pence thing they said there are people behind them so who, who run the world forever that sort of thing we can, yeah. we can presume that it is the same people that control Vivian Rook yeah yes. it's interesting because you, you have so in this in this setting they we instantly ha- already have like the Donald Trump era and kind of we see how that plays out like the second term yeah. that sort of yeah. thing but alongside that um, is we're introduced to Vivian Rook and we kind of it's interesting to see a self-reflection of how that could happen in England and how we before our own eyes we see someone who a lot of people think is 
like, oh, she'll never get power, she'll never get power. Of then course. we kind of see how that develops. Because you had Dan and Stephen, you know, saying, you know, oh, I hate her. And then um, what was the, I'm totally blanking on the... Um, Rosie? Rosie in the wheelchair, that's right. Rosie, um, you know, saying she hates her, but then voting for her. And then yeah. the grandmother as well, who is probably my, not my least favorite character, but the character that I would disagree with most, because although her speech at the end was fantastic... She is yeah. a massive hypocrite because I, she voted for Vivian Rook as well, and I it's have like what? A lot of issues. Um, I'm just gonna I'm gonna jump in and start with my with my hot takes. I have a lot of issues with some of the dialogue and the way things played out in this show. Let's hear it. I felt like a lot of the time, the choices characters made and the the dialogue that they had was um, unrealistic to the character. Okay. Um, I felt like the maybe the writer wanted to say something and instead of it just it kind of felt like he wanted to say a lot of things okay and he just kind of like shotgunned it all i will say that the points put across are not subtle um it is certainly not yeah, a subtle and show and that's kind that's of the case most i would say so right. yeah pretty, it's pretty hard but for like, a left leaning politician to kind yeah, of yeah the left leaning um, yeah it's just, left leaning just writer. a lot of yeah 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 i just especially with that the speech that that granny had at the end like i, can't I, remember I, her I loved name. it i think it's just granny is it muriel it is muriel oh, that's muriel, right yeah. yeah um i i mean i absolutely i agreed with what she was saying i'm like yeah that's really that's a really important point that she's making about like consumerism and all that sort of thing um but I felt that it was a little bit out of the blue and I felt a lot of the, the big speeches that the people have are out of the blue and a little bit like, hmm, well, what, what I have other... something to say, I'm just going to blah. Are you talking about Dan's speech in episode one? I'm talk- I can't remember, but probably. Yeah, because that is probably the least subtle speech, you know, where he's holding Lincoln and he's like, oh, goodness me, what are we going to do in the next few years? What's it going to be like? Ha 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 ha. Yeah, you know, yeah. And it's like, like, and it's just... I, see, I, okay, so where I kind of fall on the series is that... Um, I, I personally really, really, really enjoyed um, the, the first half of the series in specifically a lot. Um, I really I also enjoyed the second half of the series quite a bit as well. Though, however, I feel like my main issue with the series is kind of where we end up. While I do like kind of what I was mentioning earlier, how we have this family who's really tight and then as the world comes apart, they also kind of come apart. I felt like the actual plotting and narrative of it was quite uneven at mm-hmm. times. They were, yes. we were getting a lot of one story, then other stories were falling quite flat. So, for example, I just had no investment in what was happening with Rosie whatsoever, really. The only... The like, I, I mean, I, I quite like Rosie. I, I mean... I like her, but... Uh, but, oh, but yeah. Actually, that's a lie. To be fair, I'm going to be really honest. Rosie and Edith just really lost me at what at points, yeah. especially with their political views. I know it, that's like a very personal thing. It, um, it's <laughs> the fact that the way that they were backing Vivian Rocking kind of... Also, just yeah. Edith, like, kind of... T- turning on her like what she believed in at the start but then also kind of yeah. falling for this her like, whole, her whole speech. let's hmm. just destroy she will she, she well the destroying. thing is is that edith i will disagree like it was inter- the most interesting part of the show and the most interesting character moment was that montage where they're all voting yes. and i loved that because you had you know you kind of had like Celeste the voting conservative, you had celeste voting conservative you had dan voting conservative you had stephen voting labor and then you had edith crossing out the, the entire thing, yeah. thing which don't do that listeners never do that um mm. and smoking in the north <laughs> <laughs> never never crossed out your ballot sheet never throw out your ballot sheet always vote for somebody yeah. um I've, i just i just i felt as well it's kind you, of in the same vein as 
what I was saying before. Sorry, I totally cut you off. You That's okay. No, I just was going to go, go on about how we had Muriel and um, Rosie voting for mm. Vivian Rook. And it was it was very interesting that then you had these characters then come to accept, which I think was a message to say that people who are tricked into voting for somebody like Vivian Rook mm. or, you know. For sure, yeah. And I don't want to get yeah. too real life political, but you could probably compare Vivian Rook to somebody like Trump or somebody yeah, exactly. like Nigel Farage. I think, I think that's Farage. the yeah. comparison that you, that you can make. That you can make. I think that's what they're trying to and do. I think the message think is, is that you have people like Muriel and Rosie who would drawn in by Vivian's rhetoric mm. but were not necessarily bad people. I yeah. think that's the message that they're but trying to kind of persuade. Are, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, like, I, I think that the message are that they're all quite flawed people but um, mm. I know there was a lot of moments where like um, specifically Edith and Rosie had like no compassion for like what was happening with Victor. Yes. Like, and, yeah. And, but then like, they suddenly loved Victor. And then they suddenly loved him, yeah. Which and was then, weird. Also Stephen's turn on Victor I understood. I literally I saw that I saw that coming. I made a point in Please, my in my Stephen's notes character. that just says Stephen is an asshole. <laughs> Stephen is a oh, Stephen I'm, is I'm an totally asshole. I'm totally not a fan of what they did with Stephen's character towards the end because I, I, I it really see, frustrated me. Again, it's they what I'm saying. It's completely villainized. Him well, exactly. the way. not giving, really because like, just, he had a redemption moment where he didn't shoot himself and he shot the guy who was running the Oswald camp. Yeah, but I just yeah, don't like that. That's like, the direction they my, went. My issue mm. as well is like. Um, it's kind of what happened with Game of Thrones, um, where I felt like a lot of. Um, not the word I'd use. No, normally um, I would use flawed to describe Game no, of Thrones. Uh, well, the issue that I had with Game of Thrones was a lot of the times Good in the flawed. last season, character characters were, like, their development and their kind of storyline wasn't true. And so how, they, how, they how about we... thrown away. How about we you know? don't use Game of Thrones as an yeah. example and we use Hopper in Stranger Things Season 3 as a right, good example. Right, because we all agree on, right? We yes. would agree on that. Yeah. We would yeah. say that his character development was undone between seasons. Exactly, yes. I, I would say saying. that possibly some character development with Stephen maybe was undone between episodes. Yeah. And However, I, think... I will... Can I... Sorry? Yeah, no, Are you all right? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um... <laughs> We usually we're usually really good at not interrupting each other, but I think this week is like, oh, um, we get political. That's we're getting political. Yeah, right. I think the interesting thing with Stephen's character is is that you can defend that sudden change because he was so close to his brother and Dan dying. Yeah, you, you can you can make that argument. I would make the argument that Dan's death affected Stephen so badly, mm-hmm. and the only reason he came back to himself was when he saw um, Celeste, Celeste uh, trying to. Uh, like get him out of trouble and he kind of accepted that he was going to get in trouble and he blew the whistle and then he kind of shot the guy in the leg and that was like a a return to his former self like he'd been deteriorating since he lost his like his house and since the, when they sold the house and then the bank yeah, crashed the next day the bank crash, like, yeah basically yeah. yeah. his that back character like, spiraled just on a real note that episode really like really scared me that yeah. scared me too I was Even like the I way need to take out all my money like the way that they were like really? shutting the like the bank doors oh and stuff yeah. and like um, well that's and, like, what happened in the UK yeah, back in sure. 2008 you know yeah. banks were literally shutting people out and saying we can't give you your money yeah not gonna lie not gonna lie I was like do I need to withdraw yeah I thought that too huh um, and that's that's the thing, and that's a key. I will defend Stephen's character development in this show. Mm. I do have some criticisms of this show that I want to get to in a minute, but I will kind of counter your points, you know, to Stephen's character. For sure, yeah. Um, his he was quite a good 
person you know a, a very accepting very progressive gentleman yeah, yeah. um you know very family orientated and then the mm-hmm. bank crashed you know his, his relation family. he loved his family his relationship his, with his, his kids mistress. he loved his yeah. well the mistress <laughs> as i was going to say the mistress came after the crash yeah and it's yeah. like it's like he lost who he was yes um because he he failed at his job well he, they make a big point of how he feels ashamed right and he, he kind of self-deprecates himself by yeah. always saying i'm the man who lost a million dollars that yeah. sort of thing like yeah like pounds. he, he pounds, he's so. like his identity was tied to his job and when he yes and his wealth a lost his job and you know i mean financial advisor like money and like course, his wealth yeah. and his job well, yeah, he sold his so house for like two million quid and then yeah, yeah. And it just happened to be one of those it. unlucky things where it happened on the day that yeah. he kind of that was just terrible was luck yeah. Yeah. i mean that felt a little bit contrived oh, for I mean, me there's a lot of things yeah. that are very um, contrived obviously like the entire family having a role in the fall of like the that is very convenient they poke fun at it at one point at the end yes, like oh they do. all these other things were happening at the same yeah, time like yeah yeah like it was but, very yeah, like why a novel like yeah. where it's like oh my god suddenly I'm the superhero. Yeah, oh but you, yeah, but you kind of have to have that. And yeah. if you're focusing on your main characters, they have to take a big sort of no, exactly. in a in a yeah. world spanning in a, in a series that deals yes. with such world spanning issues. Yeah. Your characters have to take part in that. Yeah. So I think before we kind of backtrack and we're going to talk about obviously one of the bigger things in the series, I just want to quickly touch on the ending because I kind of yes, the ending is where I was going to get I go get to. But yeah. please, you speak mm. to the right, Okay, I, I was just going to really quickly say that I feel like um, what we're talking about. I was quite disappointed in one thing plot-wise. And, th- and this kind of leads up to what I've been saying about the second half of the mm-hmm. series is I think that the idea of them taking down the government and the, the government and overall being taken down and Vivian Rook being taken down, I'm not sure if that's the right message that the rest of the series is trying to send. I think it kind of contract, uh, con- counteracts. counteracts thank you, um, what it's been doing. So, for example, one of the best things of the series, in my opinion, is when just everything's dark. We're seeing the bank crash. We see mm. what's happening with Dan and um, with... Um, Victor. Victor, obviously trying to get through the country and that sort of thing and trying to find relocate him. And I really like the dark aspect, not because I enjoy watching people suffer, obviously, <laughs> no. but because it feels real. It feels like yes. what actual yeah. people go through. Whereas it should have had a much it felt, it less hopeful. It yeah. felt like it was a yeah. ideal situation. Oh, they All brought the it down. I, I say, say. Which it felt like that's not where we're heading as a society. So, like, yeah. it's not going to be okay at the end of the day if we stay on this road. Like, why would oh, people to think about well, I will like, say I, as well, I, I mean, I love to live in my little fantasy worlds where everything's, like, nice and, like, butterflies mm, and right. rainbows. And, and blah, Dan blah. survived and, and he made it with Victor. <laughs> Look, when I'm going huh, <laughs> to... Hmm, um, we're going to get to that in a moment. Um, no, but I did... I do agree that it was a little bit, like oh my god everything is so happy and like we just did it just like that it was so easy um and i, I the ending was, was a little like, quick it could have maybe done with an episode yeah, more it was it was so, oh, i'm not i'm not necessarily like we need another episode more that it i do agree it was too happy Right. Like it was too, it was too neatly wrapped. Okay, which know? is interesting. Where you were from the other night oh. when you were saying that you were looking forward to the hopeful ending. So well, it's um, like I, I, know I am, but I'm also, I, like I was, I was happy with the ending, but yes. I was also like, it's just a little, it's a little cliche. My, I, I would agree. Uh, the ending was very much uh, along the lines of uh, a show that went very far and very effectively exposed us to a world where everything was not okay and that the evils that, that we bring upon ourselves were you know affecting us and then it, it's sort of like you know everybody teams up together with the power of love and overthrows the bad guys <laughs> that i felt that we should have had um at least have paid a much higher price for that ending you know we should have had possibly i would say edith yeah. not not survive yeah. her um, that was radiation the thing that got poisoning. me is i kind of wanted edith to die 
Well, yeah. she did die in a well, way. Well, did I actually die? Yeah, but her like, consciousness. Not to... Well, yeah. What do we think? Like, about I kind it? of. Did she, like, do we? I I assume. Well, I think from the voice that you hear, it kind of seems like a female. Yeah, voice. I'm gonna yeah. say it worked. I, I'm gonna say it worked yeah. too. Um, I suppose it depends. On well, it's uh, there yeah. are rumors of a second series, but I don't right. think that'll happen yeah. because well, the, I... the ratings were so low. Right, what okay. I'm thinking, um, what I'm thinking is that comment, that uh, that little rant that um. Uh, Muriel? No. Edith. Edith goes on where she's like, oh, I'm going to get her. I'm going to find oh, Vivian yeah. Brooke. Yeah. That's definitely, that's a setup for another series. You think so? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh, it, absolutely. Felt, it felt like they were setting something up. You see, because yeah. I, I saw that as, and the, the reason why it ended with a transhuman, like projecting one's consciousness onto a machine um, kind of onto thing water. onto water. Well, Which, a, onto lot, a lot of these things are great. Like I feel like that specifically works. Well, that's the big mm. question for the next hundred, two hundred years, right? Is can is consciousness tied to one's being? Is consciousness yeah. us, or can we extrapolate brain waves? And you know, is that mm. possible? Um, and that's why I think that was a good stopping point in the timeline. At mm. least, at least, maybe not yeah. narratively a good stopping point, but a good stopping point if there was a point in time where they couldn't go any further into the future in terms of time progression that's a good yeah. time to stop because that you, then you start getting into the realm of science fiction rather than con- yeah. uh, us contemporary contem- contemporaneously contemporaneously no. dealing with yeah. Yeah. um it, those it, issues. it seems like for this show they put their hands on kind of four to five real topics and really elaborated on those specifically so you had like one technology we saw how there's all kinds of different things thrown in every now and then. It was really cool. We kind of saw like humanism. Yeah, as well. even like the idea of like fixing uh, eyesight or like um, yeah. spina bifida and that sort of thing. Yeah. Like, where, like the good things about what's coming with humanity. Mm-hmm. But then they also question like whether or not that is a good thing. Like with the government literally owning your body, that sort of thing. Yeah, they yeah. talk about that. Then also the big thing, which we're going to get into, I suppose now, is um, the the, well, the story about yeah. like how refugees and yeah. uh, precisely what's well, the I, big issue. Before yes. we before we get uh, into that, uh, um, can I just so I have some points that I would like to make. Please make. Them. Um, so I I agree they did focus on a, like a number of main topics. I just almost wish they would have focused on just a few less. Um, Which topics would you cut? Like, I wouldn't really cut any, but it was just <laughs> I, I wish less. I wish less, but, but, less, but, but <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, like I just I just I felt like they focused on too much. Okay, well what, what 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 what. I'm gonna hold you to this. Yeah. Normally, I'd let this slide, <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna say, He's Sabrina. Okay. okay. You want this show, and since this is my review, I'm gonna be yep. quite harsh. You want this show to be more tightly focused. That's a that's a yes. genuine criticism. Yep. I would probably agree. What would you tightly focus on? So, not necessarily what would you cut. What would you focus on more? Okay, I would focus more on. Um, I liked that they explored refugees um, mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. And I liked that they focus on politics. I think those go hand in hand. But does the type of politics that they were talking about really cross over with refugees? I mean, in real life, type it does. Of like the the <laughs> the type of politics in terms of like the demagoguery and the rhetoric around technology. <laughs> Sorry. So, yeah, I, well, demagoguery. No, demagoguery, meaning like a figurehead. No, demagogue. A demagogue is like a. Like a fascist demagogue, it's like somebody a figurehead, like you know, like the bad, you know, like the bad demagogue. No. Okay. All right. So the. Okay. No, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. What I was gonna say is, 
I, I think that's a fair criticism, Serena. I think I think that there are things that could have been tighter. And for me, yeah. I, I would have in this things I would have liked to see more of. But if that makes sense as well, so yeah. I'm kind of I'm a bit like mixed in how yeah. I feel. Well, like. So I for example, like the Shao Dao stuff, like the Hong Kong. Yes, yes. The, yeah, I would, I would have liked to see how more of that. a bit more of like what happened after that. What were like yeah. the repercussions? Yeah. See, that's, that's well because there was issue. a nuclear bomb dropped. You know, yeah. in well the, that's that was know, my issue though. Is there were a lot of things that happened in the earlier season that weren't really followed up. Right. Um, and I think they like abandoned they kind them of... for that like narrative of them taking down the government, which is where my real issue with that storyline comes because they abandoned yeah. kind of some of yeah. the I just, more interesting plot lines. That's, I, my, um, that's my thing. Is like I wish that I the know ending what had um, really been followed through. Like there were a couple of things. Like I liked, um, I liked that they kind of dealt with the transhuman. Thing yeah. I think that was very interesting. Um, that that storyline's well, throughout, so I feel like exactly it, 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 it was followed. Through. It's throughout, My, but it, it's, it, so, well, it yeah. feels like it, it, that story yeah. throughout. And the technology to an yeah was was also followed through, but there were like little things that were like chucked in that I was just kind of like, this is just here to make a point, but well, like see, not see, fully. Well, what like what examples? Okay, one thing that really annoyed me was the um, oh, what's her name, Beth's friend. The the one that got her eye. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I don't, I can't remember her name. Yeah, I don't know, but like yeah. it was, she was like thrown in there as a plot device. Yes. Like she was there to scare Beth away from getting transhuman and tra- yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, and I just yeah, kind yes of yes like, and yes and no. I, yeah, I I get that. I, I feel know. like it's a little bit nitpicky, but I get what you're saying. Yeah, like, but like there were there were like I don't necessarily things that just know weren't followed who... through, and I'm like, why would you put that? Well, in? that was kind of, that was part of the transhuman arc. It was to yeah. show that the technology definitely wasn't there yet, and it was to show because Bethany's yeah, character made... arc is very interesting, and she's very naive at that For point, sure. and yes. that's one of the things that matures her. So I think that's very important to her character arc, personally no, speaking. Definitely. And I and I, I appreciate the role. That, that the friend played in um you know Beth's growth um but it's just like there was that and there was another one that I can't remember I don't think Please I noted get your notes it. up um, um regardless I look I in terms of the I want to go back to what you spoke about when you spoke about the show focuses on too many things mm-hmm. I mean realistically I can really pin down I would say three hard-hitting topics that it covers exceptionally well mm-hmm. um i don't can't really pick up any other major topics apart from these three apart from that are maybe subdivisions of each particular topic mm-hmm. so yeah. you've got the plight and an issue with refugees which is throughout which is you know um the dan's work with refugees meeting victor victor's yeah. struggle to to achieve asylum um and all then the go, all the way through to the erstwhile camps yeah. at the end yeah. um then you've got the 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 growth and development of technology through mm-hmm. senior uh the little siri uh, yeah. alexa yeah. style thing that you've through got bethany, through bethany as a yeah. transhuman and then towards the end with edith yeah. um and then you've also got the politics of vivian rook and right, trump goes and, yeah. which goes throughout and is constant in every storyline yeah. i can't pick up any other See, major those, themes yeah those three were fine like what, that was but, that was what, yeah um i just i think there was there was like just kind of little little bits of um like kind of like touching on like not the issue of but like the issues that come with it. i'm i'm scared of using the word issue here scattergunning um, yeah um but like the the homosexuality and kind of lgbtqia lgbt 
LGBT. Okay. <laughs> <Straight> <laughs> politically just, correct. Uh, yeah, of course. Well, um, seeing as none, none of us are particularly, you know, we're all straight, I think, um, then, you know, <laughs> we should we should be, we should tread lightly <laughs> exactly. with such things. So I agree um, with you, yeah. Yes. No, but I... Um, I just felt like. Well, I, look, I, I think know. I think I mean, the the inclusion. I will, say, of... I will say one thing that I did really really like on that topic was the really casual way that they treated Lincoln. Like they didn't yes, make Lincoln okay, a spectacle. Yeah. It was right. Lincoln, I see what you're saying now. Okay. You know, yeah. And the like picking I up of gay that. topics. Exactly. Well, I think that comes from Russell T Davies being an openly gay man yes. as yeah. a writer, and he includes. I think with the exception of Doctor Who, because Doctor Who being a kids yeah. show, you can't be openly like raunchy and in any sexual way especially in 2005 yeah, yeah 2005. and a remake as well like precisely yeah um in a lot of his works his sexuality is a big influ- big, big bit of influence and not not all of his stuff of course but in, yeah. a, in a great deal of it and years and years you know the main sort of driving relationship being a gay relationship i don't think is a statement i just think the characters it, happen it, to be gay yeah i think it's one of those no, things no. That there, there is quite a there is quite a lot of gay relationships in the show like e- even edith is in a uh, edith is, is pansexual i think herself or yeah Something I, like that. Oh, she is. At the she's end, I, I, yeah. she, yeah. I think I it's implied that she's fine with whatever. Yeah, that's what that's what she's Bethany open says. To she's open to anything. Yeah, bisexual, which I, yeah, bisexual pansexual, whatever pa- it is. Pan, pansexual is probably better. okay. More yeah. more descriptive. Yeah, but she has a um a lesbian relationship, and um mm. you know it's 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 interesting. You know, yeah, I, I, th- I think overall I appreciate that this show kind of um pulled no punches yeah. and kind of made its statements, and you know I think that for better or worse, it's going to affect people in different ways. Yeah, I think okay. I've I've had I've had some time to collect my thoughts. Um, <laughs> Let's and hear I it. think so I think you're right. I think there are three main topics. There's the the po- politics, um, refugees, refugees and t- technology. Um, and I think there's nothing wrong with those three. I think the little subdivisions is what I have an issue with. Okay. Is they covered too many of the subdivisions. So you mean like the So the nuclear Okay. Stuff which I know fed into the politics, yeah. Um, but it didn't really have a place. I think that after. was there. That was only there to set up a disease for Edith to have. I think. Yeah, and it's like, which is a shame because I feel like yeah. there's a lot of like, and obviously think, with what's going on with Hong yeah. Kong and China right now, something yeah. I'm quite tuned into. It's yeah. um, really horrible what's happening yeah. to the people yeah. over there. I think they were trying to make a cool point, but they never Surrounding really expanded that. on yeah. it. Maybe later. And in the I series. think it was yeah. maybe a, like a dig at Trump as well. Oh, for sure. Um, oh, definitely, because yeah. Rossi Davies is very um, publicly political and very anti-Trump himself. Yeah. So. Well, I think um, I think as I mean, it goes back to my point with the 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 friend the eyeball friend i think to <laughs> call her eyeball eyeball um i think my issue was just with the things that weren't followed through Sorry, steven's <laughs> doing a face <laughs> <laughs> um i think yeah i think my issue was with the subdivisions that weren't followed through that's right. my like my issue with things like that is so like, eyeball why, uh, yeah, like, bar- bar- what is it called again I don't. Yeah, I mean, probably another example of that is when yeah. um, when Stephen gets has the like <laughs> the half stroke, and we kind of don't really see anything. Exactly, more with that, and it's like I what? Suppose, why? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like that moment served as a moment for Celeste to be like, okay, you're be, definitely I, having an affair. Right. You see, yeah, it's a yeah. reason for them to come together. Right? Yeah, and I think that's my issue is it's like the moments that were picked to incite an incident. We're quite Which is contrived. very like they, right, yeah. yeah, and yeah. They, the they were kind of they yeah. were put in there for that purpose, and that was it. Once they'd done that, that's it. Yeah. Chuck away that yeah. moment. And I was just Which like, I what's the point? Sometimes the writing it sits well with you, or if it, or it doesn't. Like, yeah, I feel like well, it makes a it makes a very. What kind of bothered me, and um, one particular issue, and I'm going to go back to the LGBT hmm. thing again. Um, the the moment when Edith uses Lincoln to infiltrate the uh, skyscraper yeah. uh, company mm-hmm. office, 
um, and sort of dresses him up as a girl, and then from there he develops his trans um, nature. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't sure. I was, that like, was like, I was like, um, okay, yeah, yeah. I don't know that's if that's uh, politically correct, Russell. But there you go. Yeah, but um, I, I think I think I did I did appreciate that it, <laughs> they didn't make it. He didn't make it a spectacle. Like yeah, it wasn't sure. like a yes. We are discussing. We have this. trans people and gay people. Everyone, we're going to yeah, be like very it was, progressive. It was like part of the world, and I, I mean, I, I, I don't know how realistic it is, but I liked that Gran was like totally fine with it. I like, I like. She was very cool with a lot Gran of stuff. Gran was really chill. Weirdly, not with Celeste at one point. And yeah, I, I know. Like, I was I like, are you a bit that. racist, I was, man? I was very worried. But yeah, then but the then way she, she treated Victor. I was mm. like, okay, she's cool. Yeah, yeah. I did. Well, I, I did really like that growth at the end when she was like, split the money between the four of you. Oh, but there's only nice, three yeah. of us. Yeah. Oh no, I mean like, four. With and she Celeste. kisses Celeste and on the like, head, and it's like, oh man, this really is what nice, I wanted. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, leave Victor out and dry. <laughs> yeah, poor Victor. Well, Victor's like. Um, can we talk about Dan and Victor now? Because I we can talk about I, Dan and Victor. I love. This is one of the, I've really. This is something I really connected with with this show, and this is kind of. Um, at first, I was a bit worried with what they were doing with it. I was, mm. I was like, okay, so this guy's leaving his husband for, like, a refugee. Just like, a side note. Another moment that I thought was unrealistic to the character, because before he really met Victor, Dan didn't seem unhappy with what's his name. Right. You know, like he his, seemed his husband. Fine. Yeah. Like they seemed like lust. Yeah, they seemed like a like, you know, a very in love couple. And then he meets Victor and is like, oh, actually. Yeah, I could do better. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like it—it it seemed very out of character. Like I wish I, we would have had moments where Dan looked unhappy, or Dan right. looked like I'm feeling stifled in this relationship. I don't want this anymore. Yeah, and, it and just seemed of, very out of, of the blue. And when it happens, when kind of uh, Dan mm. leaves the party and leaves the boyfriend. Yeah, there, yeah. I was yeah. like, bro, the husband. This is, uh, yeah, um, it was but, pretty intense. I think that overall was... Dan is is I think probably the most morally sound character in the yeah. show. Yeah, he's pretty much the only guy you can't really pick apart, like, morally, apart from maybe that uh, one. Apart yeah, apart from... Yeah. I mean, but he, he, he did... They did they did get a divorce after that, and it was, I think, an awakening moment for... Because you can see the differences in their personality throughout. So, yeah. uh, I mean, that happens... Yes, in the do, yeah. Yeah. At the start, when they're disagreeing Absolutely, like, politically, yeah. yes, yeah. They have a massive... They have a political disagreement when they're trying to fix up um, Muriel's yeah. house. They're having a disagreement, even when when they're talking about signing the divorce papers, you know, they're having a disagreement. Also, everything that happened to Dan and Victor is the freaking ex-husband's fault. Yeah. Like, well, how I'm could he, sorry. How could, he, how could he foresee that? I mean, realistically. I, I'm going to be angry anyway. Okay, I'm going to be angry. <laughs> yeah, well, obviously, obviously yeah. like, he didn't intend probably no. for... Dan to but, die. But... but Doing his actions, he he contributed to he that. Contributed yeah. to probably what he knew was going to be a death sentence to Victor. Yes, right? of so, course. And it's the same way that. Stephen, Why are people keep my, trying to kill Victor? <laughs> in, in the same way that Stephen later in the series sends him to Earthwild, knowing yeah. full well what happens to people that yeah. he literally just spoke to Vivian Rook. I do yeah. like that there was a great deal. Of, I mean, look, I I can't excuse Stephen's actions. Mm. I think they were far more. I mean, look, you can kind of cut it up by looking at um, Dan's ex-husband as a jealous sort of lover um, and then you can have um, uh, you know uh, Stephen's actions looking at as a grieving brother so it's yeah. like obviously both of their actions I mean the ex-husbands were more petty and yeah. less vengeful and, and were done out of spite for you know losing a marriage that he obviously very clearly valued and losing mm-hmm. a man that he very clearly was in love with um, not necessarily intending for the eventual outcome of 
Dan's death. Yeah. Um, he, pr- he he obviously did, you know, want some pain for Victor. But then obviously Stephen going, you know, completely in on basically sentencing Victor to death. Yeah. And smiling after it too. Yeah. Which yeah. is what I was surprised at that moment. And like going along mm. with it with the family as well. He um he's like paying money for them to like help try find yeah. Victor and stuff. Yeah. Like going along with it. Just. It's really unsettled Which is quite me. cowardly. Really, yeah, we would, definitely. Yes, we were but talking about... Um, especially when you know how much that Dan really cared about Victor yes. and, how much, yes. and how much Victor genuinely cared about Dan as well. You yeah. saw their family interactions. Like, yeah. It wasn't fake. It wasn't like... Victor wasn't, wasn't like trying Victor to... Was yeah. using Dan to get... They loved each other very much. Yeah. You know, Victor was very, very... Like, that shot of him on the beach was just acted so well, you know, where he was just in shock, oh, <laughs> you know, speaking Ukrainian. I mean, talk about a heartbreaking scene. I mean, oh. like, just as the camera re- goes down to reveal Dan, you know it's coming. And, like, I I instantly mm. predicted it. from I was As like, soon as no. we saw the bodies, I was like, yep, yeah, that's going to be dead. Well, as, as, as soon as... As soon as the... I sort of saw it... I saw one of them dying. I was like, one of them's going to die, or both of them are going to die when they started overloading the boat. And the, then the way that, that that those scenes progress next to each other, so we see uh, Dan's passport gets stolen, which is a scary yeah. thing just mm-hmm. on its own. Is like losing your passport in a yeah. foreign country, especially when you're doing all these shady deals. That was so terrifying. Terrifying. Yeah. And then they move to the boat, right? And then you have them hopping on the boat, and the first person it's a small boat, it doesn't look very safe. Yeah, that's scary. And then the people overcrowding it, and then the guy pulls out the gun. Like all these elements leading up just gives you such this unsettling feeling. And because we care so much about Dan and Victor. Um, yeah, it, well, I'm, I remember really saying like confronting. Victor and Dan were pretty much the only storyline that I was really invested in at the start. Like, I will admit, I was not really dragged into it. Like, if I was on my own, I wouldn't have watched this show. Yeah. Like, not yeah, gonna lie, like this, it's just not my cup of tea. Well, you can kind, of, I can kind of, like, I can kind of agree with you that Dan, Victor, and Stephen are the three, and there's the sort of characters surrounding them in their immediate like lovers and and mm. things are the most well developed characters because then if you look at um, characters like Edith and Rosie in particular, yeah. you've got characters that have their own development, but they're given all the comic relief to supplement that. Yeah. So you've got uh, moments where Rosie is, you know, having a hookup with that guy who oh has a sex God. robot, which was really weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which, and then you have, um, then when she gets fired, she, you know, comically pulls out the uh, lunch thing, you know, pulls the yeah. tag on the, and then you have Edith drinking her father's liquid. Where he gets oh. liquidized. Oh, that, yeah. Do not so do that to me. I if you're listening like, to me now, like cremate me, please. Thomas Blake will be yes, liquidized. <laughs> liquidized me. Drunk by everyone on this podcast. <laughs> yes, please. Hey, Serena, <laughs> Steve, are you going to drink me? <laughs> <laughs> I hate that death sentence coming <laughs> out of your mouth. You going to drink me, guys? It's a firm no. Um, <laughs> we, thanks, man. Oh my god. <laughs> you won't be the first person. Okay, um, reopening that third spot for the podcast. Um, <laughs> I need to leave. Um, no, but yeah, I mean, I was uh, so angry. So Sabrina had a slightly different reaction to me and Tom, who I think that in general, me and Tom Stamp fe- of fe- approval. Fe- felt, that, felt that it was a really dark, really heavy kind of way of telling that story. Cautionary but also, tale. But also a really important one because this is something that literally does happen to hundreds and hundreds of people on yes. a daily basis all around the world. And it's, it's such an unnecessary... Uh, loss of life and it's really frustrating that governments don't acknowledge it and And I absolutely I agree with that but my emotional response was just very different like y'all were upset like real sad of course I was very sad I was fuming like like 
Oh, I I apologize. I got really really mad at Tom. You did got really. Uh, I was so scared. I thought you were like in general when you messaged me. I, I thought you were like, oh, she. You know when someone says, oh, I'm mad about that. I thought that was. Oh what no no you... no! I was I was. Because then you said I'm angry I'm at you for recommending this, and I was like, fuck. I may or may not have muted the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and I was I was. I was like, um... Yeah, I was not okay. I literally had to get one of my friends to message me memes because I was... I, I haven't been that angry for years. Like, well. I in general, I have very emotional responses to things. I'm just a very Ooh, emotional person. You? Okay, look. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, I have not... I was, like... Like, I couldn't even think. Like, yeah. I... The only this was thing, after Dan's death, right? Yeah. Yeah. I... Hmm, like, even talking about it, I'm getting really angry because I just, <laughs> I can like... See. I'm I'm annoyed because I just feel like it wasn't given the gravity that it deserved. And yes, you can argue that it's, you know, that's just what happens in real life. It's not, you know, those sorts of things yes. aren't really they given aren't glor- gravity. They aren't glorified. Like, no. Like, like, yeah. they, well, I even, think like, the Steed's death exactly. aren't even reported in the newspapers. The, 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 sudden, like, yeah. the sudden loss, and I'll continue, but I will I have to defend this point. Mm-hmm. The sudden, so developing a character and probably the best character, well, mm. most well-developed character in the show is Dan. Having and this is this illustrates to a point what happens in real life to these people. Having such a complex, wonderful, beautiful person suddenly yeah. snuffed from existence taken, like, and just taken yeah. that doesn't like without warning, so unnecessarily, like, without a goodbye. Yeah, yeah. Some, and that I, is and emphasizing that point. I absolutely understand why they did it. <laughs> yes. Like it, saying it like that, I'm like, yes, okay, I understand the point that they made. I'm just angry. <laughs> <laughs> like, but believe yeah. me, I, I think there's probably somewhere in your head that that it's this this weird mixture of anger and sadness that you probably you haven't 100%, fully grasped. Hundred yeah. percent. When you when you all were talking about how sad you're, I'm like, okay, I'm starting to feel a little bit sad now yeah. too. Yeah. But I just, uh, I don't know. I understand the point they were trying to make and the point that they did very successfully make. Um, my issue is just like it's a TV show. Yes. Like, well, this this is this yeah. is well, this is why I love this show so much because one two reasons one it addresses such hard hitting issues that we need to talk about mm. and two it invokes such lively discussion yeah. um, about it and <laughs> lively. it's it, lively <laughs> that's the word of the day um, it invokes a discussion that is meaningful and you know we're very animated about this we have mm. some great opinions which is why I thought it would be great to discuss yeah um, <clears throat> it's been yeah. a great topic like I think that I think that these are sh- kind of shows are important in like you know you say it's just a tv show but what is just well, a tv it's not show just these a days TV right? show no, i mean it's you know what i mean right, like like, yeah. like what is a tv show these days like is, yeah is it like there are tv shows that are meant to be uh fun and fluffy and light and there's tv shows that are meant to be dark and dramatic and then there's these kind of tv shows um where they're meant to be kind of um maybe maybe a bit of a not a mixture because it's not light and fluffy but it's it's yeah. just real it's just like yeah. these are this is any this is a possibility these are real topics real people and we're yeah. not going to pull punches and i think that personally those are the kind of shows that i really connect with whether i disagree or agree with the politics this one i tended to agree mm-hmm. um, yeah it just um well it helps when you when you agree you know? yeah obviously it's gonna like it's gonna <laughs> play more yeah. into your hands yeah um, yeah, and moments like these are kind of, even though they leave me so angry and so sad and so upset, they're the kind of moments that really reaffirm why these issues are important and why I believe what I believe. Yeah, no, For absolutely. Sure. And I, I do like, you know, having, having calmed down a little bit. Um, you need a cup of tea? You're honestly, right. Yes. Yes, please. <laughs> Let's go get one in a minute. Um, yeah, like I, I do appreciate the show for what it did. It did address yeah. a lot of it. It addressed a lot of issues. Um, I feel a lot lighter having just 
you know vented vented about yeah. how angry I was about <clears> it. Um, <throat> but it did it did address a lot of very important issues. There were a couple of issues that I've yeah. you know said, um, but it was it was successful in in addressing what it needed to address yes. in in a very. <sighs> Um, in a, in a abrasive. way, <laughs> yes. yeah, abrasive, but also like it didn't um, like trivialize anything. Like it wasn't like a yes, we're talking about refugees yeah. today. Today on deeptopics.com, we're talking about refugees, LGBT, governments, and technology. And technology. Yeah, like it. it um, yeah, it didn't. It didn't make it a, just a TV show. It didn't. It didn't make it. Oh, I'm watching this for entertainment. It was like. You know, what like w- I'm watching this and I'm really thinking about things, which is really mm. important in this day and age. And I'm, I definitely appreciate it. I'm just like also really angry. <laughs> yeah, of course. So now that I've, um, we've kind of all given our opinions on years mm. and years, I kind of want to get uh, maybe a one sentence summary from each of us on this show to conclude the review. So Stephen, if you'd like to give us a couple of words. Uh, just just to summarize you know your opinion on years and years yeah okay so i think it's kind of what i like spoke about briefly last time i was talking i think that it's it's a show that's um really important for a lot of reasons um i think that it's something that i think a lot of people should watch and i think that it's the kind of show that reminds us why we need to change the way that we live in the world today and the reason why we need to be um, careful about the politicians we elect and, you know, all those kind of politi- political reasons as well. But it's also a tale about about where are we heading and kind of mm. the, the endless possibilities, good and bad, of, like, the world. And I think that stories like that are really interesting. You know, that being said, it's a flawed show. I think that the sometimes the na- where the narrative goes, specifically what I think is where the narrative ends up in the kind of the third act of the series... Hmm. Uh, kind of detracts from its original messages and themes. Yes. That being said, it's an enjoyable show with great characters. And, you know, there's moments that whether or not you agree with them, you're never going to forget, right? Like oh, seeing yeah. Dan die for the first time is something that's one of the most uh, Heartbreaking. memorable uh, uh, television experiences I'll probably ever have. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a damn good show. And um, I appreciate you bringing it on, man, because it's been My some pleasure. really good uh, discussion. Yeah, it's it's mm-hmm. something that I wanted to highly wanted to do when we started up this podcast because I watched it for the first time, right, you know, as pretty much as we were starting. Mm. So, Sabrina, give us your sentence or two review yes, without um, interruption from us. <laughs> I would say it is a very hard hitting, very gritty show about a lot of very um, pressing uh, matters. Uh, and I think I think it does it does address them fairly well um it does what it needs to do i think definitely it is somewhat of a flawed show but the message the messages that it spreads are fairly um fairly what's the word you're looking for yeah, fairly poignant. It's it's a very effective at delivering its messages. Yes. Well, I would tend to agree with with both of you. My sort of supplementary uh, to that would be that um, you know, years and years is a a very topical, very important has some very important messaging, and although it comes in a slightly flawed narrative package, mm. um, as Stephen said, you know, the ending was a little bit too hopeful and didn't really fit in with the ho- overarching theme and narrative of the show. Mm-hmm. 
um, it was exceptionally effective at what and what it did best and what it was most effective at, which was delivering hard-hitting topics in a way that confronted us and got us to think about our way of life. And that's why I really liked that show. And as you said, Stephen, some of the most um, memorable television experiences and two come to mind. One is Dan's death and two is that scene where Vivian Rook, um, and I don't think we've spoken about her enough, but um, has was pitching the erstwhiles and that was yeah. that was such a yeah that was so moment beyond watch. like anything i've ever seen like crazy mm. um just like can you imagine you know a modern day politician pitching something like that i yeah. mean probably you can yeah, and that's scary what's scary thing. about it you know she thing. uses such and you know and she makes jokes as well you know she jokes about concentrating oranges and it's like wow man you just yeah. that's just beyond dark which is you know? like to be honest, man, I don't know, might lose some people politically here, yeah, but that's what Trump does every day. He trivializes like, on Twitter. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, look. To be fair, and that's the same thing. And I think yeah. that's the mirror that they're putting to yeah. being Well, right. they are, of course. You know, when you have, you know, I, I don't want to get too overtly political. I highly doubt on this that we podcast. have Trump listeners. Oh, right? I mean, maybe. <laughs> you never know. If you are, to be fair, fuck off. Whoa, Stephen, <laughs> careful. careful. I think we need to cut that. I think. No, I'm giving it. <laughs> No, we're keeping, we're keeping your racist rants. So oh, we'll keep God, I wasn't racist. I just... <laughs> <laughs> right, so, Sabrina, what, what, are you, what are you going to be reviewing for us next, next week? Yes, so next week, I am very excited. This has been a long time coming. It's not spirit. I'm so sorry. No. Um, but we're gonna. I'm gonna be reviewing the new Beauty and the Beast. Um, I have Beauty and the Beast. Like twenties. Yeah, I have. 17, I've I been in love with Beauty and the Beast since I was like a child. Um, and I will say I cried in the cinema when this new one came out because it was so perfect in my <clears throat> eyes. I know yes. a lot of people have some issues, but we'll discuss that yeah. next episode. Yeah, indeed. It's something I've seen, and I'm um, keen to rewatch and see it's how I feel now. Something that I haven't seen. I have seen the OG Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. And this was before I was on board with the whole live action remakes of Disney films. Mm-hmm. I think this was the first live action remake, no, wasn't the it? No, one was really, and that's a really oh, good. Oh, was it? One. Okay. Oh, Lily James. Really yes. Yes. yes okay. I'm just in, I'm just in love with the Lily James as well. Yeah, she's that's amazing. just oh my god. So I'll be I'll be watching Beauty and the Beast over the next uh, week or two before yes. we record next. Have a, time. have a little viewing party. I've got a blu-ray with this special edition we some can blu-ray some, some popcorn let's do it you know let's yes. see what emma watson's up to before pretty women <laughs> we are all right. all right well everyone thank you so much for tuning in uh this episode to the anything and everything podcast as usual you can check out the relevant social medias i've been tom i've been steven i've been sabrina and we'll see you all next time bye 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 see ya